This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. Today we're going to be in Proverbs as we have been the last five weeks. And uh, this is our fifth week in the series called Make It or Break It. And these are principles that will make and break any relationship, that will make and break your Christian life. And uh, we've talked about pride. We've talked about uh, apathy. We've talked about fear. Last week we talked about distraction. These are all principles from Proverbs. But today we're going to talk about weariness. Weariness. And we're going to talk about prudence. And I tried my my best to try to get this all in one week, and we're not going to be able to. We'll start with the first two principles uh, this week: prudence and balance. And the next week, uh, strength and rest. Uh, and we'll see where God takes it. But in Proverbs chapter uh, twelve, Proverbs chapter thirteen, and verse number fifteen, it says, "Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard." Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would please give us principles from your word that are practical, that, um, Lord, will guide us in our relationship with you, but also in our relationship with others. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we all get weary, we would understand and put that weariness into the context of your word. And Lord, in our weariness, seek your wisdom, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been so tired that you literally could not keep your eyes open? I mean, you were just so drowsy and, and you just couldn't. You know, adults can kind of uh, prod themselves to, to stay awake, but children can't. And uh, I saw some pictures of kids that just, man, they were doing their best to try to stay awake. This is one of them. Um, you know, she's just out. And if you have little kids uh, you re- or you remember this stage, um, once they are ready for a nap, they are gone. They're done. They're, uh, they're ready for sleep and their body just kind of shuts down. I saw this uh, young man. Uh, he was almost making it inside for his nap and he just decided, I'm going to nap right here on the doorstep. Um, there might be a few others. Uh, this is just a painful way to fall asleep. The poor kid probably had uh, Lego printed on his cheeks for the next few weeks, right? Um, this was a, another painful one uh, to fall asleep while you're riding a bike. This actually looks pretty comfortable, and I wouldn't mind going through Costco this way myself. Uh, but uh, this is another one that looked a little bit uncomfortable. But you know, it's never comfortable to be tired, uh, to be so worn down, beat down, wore out. We live in a generation of people who are just completely drained. And one thing I know about LA County, having lived here for about 20 years now, is, is there, there are seasons where we can get tired. And we can be, as the songwriter says, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I will tell you this, coffee can fix some things, but it can't fix everything. And I will tell you, it's just, just there's some breaking points, some moments in our life where we have to come to grips with the fact that weariness is a reality in our society. It's a reality. But I want you to know that when we're talking about pride, pride is, you know, sin and, and, and distraction can lead to sin and apathy and all of those things that, that rob us of health relationally. But I can tell you this, that weariness is not a sin, but it can lead to sin. 
Weariness is not necessarily something that we have to run from as much as it is something we have to learn from. And I want you to know that there's a few ways we know that weariness and being tired is not a sin. First of all, we know this because Jesus was weary. In John 4, 6, it says that he sat by the woman, he was about to meet the woman at the well and he sat by the well and, and, and he was sitting there waiting for a drink. Why? Because he was weary with his journey. Now I know there's some who are weary in this room. Maybe you're weary in a relationship. Maybe there's a work circumstance that's created some, some stress. Maybe, maybe you're a little fatigued from a situation. Maybe, maybe you're just sick and tired of this pandemic. Can I get any witnesses, right? I mean, maybe you're just weary of something. But, but I want to tell you there's a difference between being weary on the journey and being weary of the journey. And I will tell you something that, that when Jesus was weary, he wasn't weary of the journey. He was weary in the journey. He was weary uh, physically and maybe emotionally. But when we start being weary relationally and spiritually, things start to break down. And so I want to give you four principles from uh, the book of Proverbs on being weary. Now, when it says that Jesus is weary in, in, in John 4, the word weary here, it literally means to grow tired. But it means to be exhausted and drained to the point of losing heart and hope. And I am watching every single day a, a, a generation of younger people. Most of the funerals I've done this last two years have been of younger people, and they're not uh, related to the virus as much as they are to mental health. And I will tell you something, that when you get weary to the point that you lose hope, your whole perspective gets distorted. And so if the devil can't take you out, if he can't distract you, if he can't rob you of your health, if he can't take you out, he'll wear you out. And he will drain you and he'll get on your very last nerve. Have you ever been to the point where you're like, man, I have one nerve and it's frayed and you're jumping up and down on it. Have you ever been there, right? Have you ever had someone who's just, you know, wearing you down or a situation that's wearing you down? Well, I want to tell you that if we don't step back and assess why we're worried and, and, and weary in the journey, we will never be able to have the prudence and wisdom to know how God wants us to respond. And so here's an action item. Instead of despising our fatigue, despising uh, the feeling of being tired, I would encourage you to begin living the empowered life Jesus promised. How? By reprioritizing our daily and weekly routines the way Jesus did. Did you know Jesus in Mark 135? He went, he, he, he was tired and, and, and so what did he do? He woke up a great while before day. Now, when I'm really tired, I don't want to wake up super early. Okay. Now I'm an, I'm a morning person, right? All the young adults in, in, in here think I'm weird because man, I like getting up early, right? And they're like, man, man, my mind doesn't start working until 10 o'clock in the morning. I understand that. But, but, but Jesus said, I have to somehow carve out some time in order to assess where I've been and where I'm going. And so he departed into a solitary place and he prayed, he refueled spiritually. And so here are these four wisdom principles straight from the word of God. None of these are from me. These are straight from Proverbs. Um, and the first one is this, that prudence produces balance. Prudence produces balance. And there are hundreds of verses in the Bible that point us to a balanced life and how prudence leads us to that. But I want you to see in verse number 16, we read this a little bit earlier, but it says a prudent man deals with knowledge 
and a fool, but a fool layeth open his folly. Now, without taking God's knowledge, uh, by the way, wisdom is having God's knowledge and using it correctly. That's a great definition of wisdom in the Bible. But without taking what, how I'm living and comparing it to the knowledge of Scripture, without taking my priorities and, and, and taking them and, and, and lining them up with what God says, I will always be living a reactionary life, meaning I'm seeing what they're doing to me or I'm seeing what they're saying to me and I'm reacting based on how I'm feeling, not based on what God's saying. And so as, as a, a, a group, we're, we're not connected with the domination. I don't have anyone who tells me what to, what to preach. We just preach through the Bible. We're a, a Bible-preaching Christian church. And so when I stand up here and we look at the Word of God, there's going to be some times where we're going to see things in our life that doesn't align with the principles. And I want you to know, just to be super transparent, and I know some of you and some of you I haven't met before, but I will tell you this, that this week was one of those weeks for me. I, I, I don't know if Camden is in here. He might be helping in one of the classes, but, um, but I, I told him, I, he said, Dad, what, he normally asked, hey, what are you, what are you uh, speaking on tomorrow? And I said, man, I said, what I'm speaking on tomorrow is something that I have struggled with for a very long time. Now, maybe your life is totally imbalanced and you never uh, lean one side to the other, or maybe you have uh, everything kind of in alignment, but I want you to know that uh, I'm not perfect. I'm just pointing you to the one who is, and Jesus was the only person who ever walked the face of the earth who was completely imbalanced, and Jesus knew that prudence takes you out of a reactionary life and puts you into a balanced, rhythmic life. Now, what does it mean to be prudent? The word prudent here in Proverbs chapter uh, th- 13 and verse, um, verse number 16 that we just read. It's the word for being wise or, or practical, you know, for seeing, but it's, it's literally the word that, that they would use. Uh, Aram, I believe is what it is, um, is the word that they would use for someone who is farsighted. Now I identify with that because, uh, I wear contacts. Sometimes I wear glasses, but I am extremely farsighted. Maybe you didn't know that about me. But my contacts are about as thick as you can get them. Um, it's a plus five, right? I mean, that's about as, as, as blind as you can be. But here's the crazy thing. Um, when they make me take them out to do like the eye test, the big E and all that, because I'm farsighted, I could actually take my contacts out and read what's on the back screen. I, could, I can take a, a test. In fact, the, D, uh, the DMV says I don't need my glasses or contacts to drive because I can see everything fine. But if the closer you get, like trying to read this, this print or my notes, not a chance. Why? Because when things get closer, they get more blurry. Now, let me encourage you with this. Prudence is taking your life, your routines, your priorities, and extending them out further in order to get some perspective. If you are always living life looking down, and seeing what you have to do today and tomorrow and next week and next month and all the priorities, you are going to get completely disillusioned and everything's gonna kind of blur out and you're gonna lose perspective. But when you back up and see your perspective from from a far-sighted viewpoint, then you can do what the prudent man does, and this is the key thought. Prudence, really all it is, it's simply beginning with the end in mind. 
prudence is beginning with the Edomites saying, hey, I know what's about to happen. I, I know what's coming down the pike. I know it's going to be a busy season. I know that um, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking rest. I'm needing renewal. I'm, I'm, I'm needing to make some adjustments in the present because of what I know is coming in the future. Now, twice the Bible repeats these verses that I'm about to read, once in Proverbs 22.3 and once in Proverbs 27.12, but it says, A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So the simple reap consequences. The, those who, who, aren't, who aren't thinking with the end in mind are reaping some consequences that could have been avoided if there would have just been a realignment with God's priorities. And so we look at our lives and we say, okay, how can we align our, 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 our priorities with God's plan? Well, here's an action item. I would encourage you to take some time. I try to do this every week. Take some time and protect a quiet moment. It has to be quiet. You can't be, you know, listening to other people or, or, or having headphones on. Listen, just, just block everything out and, and really start thinking through, okay, if I were to live my life at this pace in this area, and if I were to, to, to use the routines I currently have, the priorities I currently have, where's that going to take me in five years, in a year, in a month? And start to ask yourself, okay, am I pouring into my relationships the way that God wants me to? Or am I just making withdrawals without deposits? Is my relationship with God going to be stronger because of how much I'm reading and, and, and how much I'm pouring into it? You know, there are some routines that really can pour into you. And so make some adjustments based on your plan. See, this is what Proverbs says in Proverbs 14, 15. It says, the simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his goings. A lot of people look well to their intentions. They look well to their desires. They even look well to what they're saying or how they're treating others. But few people look well to their goings, meaning they look well to what they're actually doing. And their priorities are seen more in their actions than in their desires, or intentions. And so we deceive ourselves when we think that we can live a life that is, that is full force all the time or live a life that is neglecting some very important priorities. And it's foolish to say that if I am focusing on me, that all of my other people around me will just magically be invested into. God has placed you in people's lives so that you can pour into them. And if someone would have said, Peter, at the very first moment of my marriage, Peter, it's not all about you. you you're trying to win the argument rather than win a friend. You're trying to be right rather than focus on what is best. Many times we, we get so self-focused that we're driving and and really it wears us out. And so we see that the way it, it seems right to a fool, Proverbs 12, 15, but but the wise hearken unto counsel. He that hearken unto counsel is wise. Listen, when you're listening to people around you and they're pouring into you and you're 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 realigning your priorities based on what God says, based on what the people around you are saying, hey listen, you might be out of balance. 
then you're correcting and making those corrections allows you to have greater rhythm and progress and momentum in your Christian life, but also in your relationships as well. So prudence produces balance. Prudence sees when there's a a potential uh, correction that needs to be made, and it makes it. But I want you to see number two, and we're only doing two of these principles this week, and we'll do two next week. I want you to see next, in verse 15, we see that balance brings rest. If prudence brings balance, then balance brings rest. Now, in verse 15, it says, good understanding gives favor. But the way of the transgressors is hard. I'm going to talk about what a transgressor is next week. But I want to talk about living a life that is way harder than it should be. A lot of times when we're weary, when we're tired, when we're just honestly not wanting to continue, it's many times because we're doing it wrong. <laughs> and, and sometimes... Listen, we, we said at the very beginning, weariness and, and being tired is a part of reality, but being empowered in weariness is what God promised. He didn't tell you he would take away all the things that make you tired. He told you he would give you rest in the midst of your wearied journey. He would empower you. Uh, we, we understand that when, when we're uh, finding the way that God designed us to function in, it's, it brings favor with God and man. The word favor is the word chin. It means uh, to be approved, to, to be attractive, or, or, or to be pleasing. It pleases us when we're going the way that God wants us to. And the word way here is the word direct. It's, it's what we normally would use for a road or a journey or a method. But in this context, it's talking about behavior or conduct or routines. And he says good understanding or good insight is, is desirable. Why? Because it gives you sound thinking for healthy and prosperous living. It gives you a perspective that you haven't had. And when you don't have that perspective, everything gets harder than it should be. And the word hard here is the word Ethan. I don't know if we have any Ethans in the room or watching, but if you do, if, if, if you do it's the Hebrew word. The, the, the name Ethan is the Hebrew word for constant flowing. It's something that's continual. It's always running. It's, it's, the, the word picture in Hebrew is, is carrying water pots that are too heavy. And when you go to dump out the water, it fills right back up. It's never ending. And the reason why we get tired is because it's never ending. The reason why we don't want to, uh, we, why we quit a job, did you know that 4 million people in the last four weeks have quit their job? And the, the reason why they said is they are tired. They're sick and tired. The pandemic has worn people out. And the reason why they're tired is because it's never ending. It's constant. And there's no rest for the weary. And so you say, well, man, that's really depressing. That's like a, a, a bummer. What, what do we do? Well, listen. Living outside of God's boundaries, the boundaries that he's lovingly placed in our lives, it is a tiresome, it is a difficult way to live. But God's antidote for that is balance and order. And when we have balance and order according to his rhythm, according to his 
harmony, the, the way that he asked us to live, the cadence of life that he's asked us to live. And we'll spend a whole week next week talking about that cadence and talking about the rest that he's called us to live and the strength that he promises. But there is health and happiness. There is rest for the weary soul when we are allowing ourselves to be brought into balance. Now, let me give you a, a really good for instance. Today's Halloween, and on this day, by the end of today, the United States, people in the United States will spend over $10.9 billion on candy and costumes. Now, listen, that's fine. You can spend it on, listen, I'm, all, I'm not anti-candy or anti-costumes, okay? But I want to tell you this. If we're spending more on birthdays and holidays than we are on the relational and spiritual health of our relationships, we are out of balance. We are out of order. And many times we prioritize what people can see rather than on what God says. How do we know that? Many times when it gets hard for us to do the right thing, we just don't. And so God didn't call us to obey his commands in scripture just when it was easy. He, he told us, hey, listen, you come unto me. Next week, we're going to study the, the scripture in Matthew 11. It says, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. How does he give you rest? He says, take on my burden. <laughs> it's still a burden. He said, take on my yoke. Well, no, 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 I don't want a yoke. Listen, you either have the yoke of your bondage or you're going to bring yourself into subjection of the principles of the word of God. Chandler, come on up here. Since you're walking up here, this is my son Chandler. Come on up here. Let me encourage you with this. That obviously this wasn't planned, but let me encourage you with this. The weight of the world was never meant to be placed on your shoulders. Now he's a strong kid, but I'm a heavy dude. And, and the more I lean on, I could lean on him on for five minutes. Could you handle me for five minutes? Yeah, of course you could, right? He's my tight end. This, dude, this dude's built tough. But man, if I lean on him for 10, 15, an hour, how do you know? He could only take me for a few seconds if I, if I hop on his shoulders. You were never meant to hold the weight of the world on your shoulders. Did you know that? Just as a child was never meant to, 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 to pick up and carry someone that's incredibly uh, heavier than they are, you as God's child were never meant to carry the burdens that Jesus died to carry. And so God is wanting you to understand that, listen, as his child, he wants to take some of that off you, but he can't take it off you if you're not willing to give it up. And so surrendering is good understanding to say, God, I understand your way. The transgressor says, no, I'm going to pick my own way. And God says, the way of the transgressor, the way of the person who says, I can live out of balance and it's not going to matter, it's hard. It's difficult. It's heavy. Now sit down and stay in the front row, okay? <laughs> Just trying to parent and pastor at the same time. Help, help, help me out, folks. Now, what does the Bible say about this? Proverbs 16, 11 says this. It says a just weight, the weight that you're supposed to have, it's just. Not just according to your standards, but just according to God's standards. And a just balance, something that's in balance, that's, that's from the Lord. 
That's the Lord's. And all of the weights of the bag are his work. What do you mean the weights of the bag? Well, you would put an item on a scale. I think we have a picture of a scale. You put an item on a scale, and there would be a bag that would have a weight on it that was placed on the opposite side. And if it came into balance, then you knew that what you placed on the scale was the same weight as what was listed in the bag on the other side of the scale. We know that. Now, here's the problem. The problem is we are living in a generation, and listen, I'm not preaching at you. The reason why I'm so adamant when I get up here is because I need this. I'm preaching to me. I lie about the weight on the other side of the scale. And I say, ah, I don't need to take that. Yeah, I can shave off some sleep here and there, and I can eat this. And I mean, listen, I, I don't want to meddle, okay? But I mean, listen, you, you know there's some things that God says, hey, listen, that's, that's, that's not going to be good for your relationship. <laughs> and I have people all the time, you know, I don't need to go to church. I go to the mountains. Great. And it's not about me, but God says, hey, listen, I want to encounter you with God's people. And then people say, ah, I, I used to read the Bible. I don't, I don't anymore. It just doesn't help me. Well, hold on. This is your creator trying to connect with you. And so Proverbs 11.1 1 says a false balance, a balance that is that we're lying about, is it's actually something God hates. It's an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. He loves it when we balance our schedules and our priorities and our routines based on his word. And man, that convicts me. Because so many times I'm balancing it based on what people want or based on what I feel is best. I'm not balancing my schedule based on what God has said. And I know it's tough. And here's why it's tough. It's tough because it feels like a tightrope. It feels like, you know those slack lines? Have you ever seen those slack lines? People walking on the slack lines. There's a, there's a girl named Faith. She's like the world record holder on, this, on these slack lines, right? And, and she talks about um, that, you know, walking on these things, it takes great, um, you know, concentration. But it's not just concentration. It's constant corrections. It's constant corrections. You, you know why... You know why people get tired of church? Can I just be really transparent with you? People get tired of church because they're sick and tired of people like me standing up and telling them what to do. <laughs> it's not, not rocket science. I, you know, it's just, and I love Los Angeles County because you guys are honest enough just to tell me. I mean, if I was pastoring in Texas, they'd just fake it until they, until they left. <laughs> not being mean to people in Texas. I just love the fact that you guys are like, yeah, you know what? Why do I spend my day off? You're making me feel guilty. I'm not coming back. I'm tired of that. <laughs> well, here's the point. If you never make any corrections, if you never listen to some crazy guy like me get up and talk about where you're out of balance, how are you ever going to correct? And so here you have, um, I want to go to the second video because there's a video of her breaking this world record over these mountains, all right? She's walking this, this, this tightrope walker. Look at that. I would never do that in a million years. I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. But I mean, look at how high up she is and she's just constantly making those corrections. 
But she said that you have to focus on the end point. You can't focus on your feet. You have to focus on where you're going. And that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you today, that balance is all about where you're going. Balance is all about, hey, listen, I need rest, but I need rest in my soul, in my, in my relationships, and I can't have that until I make deposits where I've made withdrawals. We have to, we have to do that. Why? Because all of a sudden, we're going to think, hey, you're going to tell yourself you're in balance, when in reality, you're out of balance. And then it looks like this. This is what it would look like if I was trying to be on a slack line. All right, here's this is the, this is a dad trying to learn how to do a slack, and that's just it's it, it gives you anxiety. It's just all over the place, right? Like what in the world? Listen, that's no way to live. That's no way to live. But if we're honest, the reason why we're laughing is because we live there. No, 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 I don't want to offend them and know this, know that. And it's like, hold on, time out. If you're trying to please everyone, you're pleasing no one. Because true rest comes when we're like, hey, listen, I'm sorry, but this is my priority. And I got to put this big rock in the jar. And if everything else doesn't fit, I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to trust God with it. True balance says, I'm going to obey God and leave the rest with him. And the reason we don't have rest is because we're trying to do all the rest instead of leaving that in God's hands. I used to be so eaten away by the things I couldn't do on my schedule. And they were good things, by the way. <laughs> they were good things. They were things that I was telling God he was wrong for not helping me do it. Like, I'm arguing with God. And God was like, have you ever thought about the fact that the stuff I let you get done, I want you to do? And the stuff you can't do, maybe I'm okay with it waiting? You ever thought about that? <laughs> Novel thought that God has a plan that's greater than ours. And so here's the problem with our plan. The problem with our plan is it's a skewed perspective. Our plan is always based on a skewed perspective. And the only one who's ever had a great perspective is, is Jesus because he was God in the flesh. So, so here's, here's the problem. Is we go into life thinking that it's all up to us when really a life of grace is all up to God. And when we're living a life of grace, there's great rest because we're balanced with the fact that everything I have is more than I deserve. And everything God does for me is not because I'm worthy of it, but because his son was worthy and his son decided to include me in his worthiness. So here's what people think about religion, and this blows my mind. And I have watched hundreds of people, the weight of, of having to outweigh their, their bad with good, and the, and the weight of their sin, and the weight of of, of all of the stuff that religion says is up to you, when that melts away, it is like a thousand tons being just melted off your heart and soul. Because if I think it's up to me, guess what I think? I think, well, I can step on the scale a little bit, but I don't want to step on the scale all the way because if I step on the scale all the way and if I'm truly honest with, with, with my shortcomings, there's no way I could ever make up for all the bad I've done. Exactly. That's the point. You can't make up for it. So that's why Jesus had to come. And if you can do something that adds to what he's already done, guess what? What he did wasn't enough. 
And so here's what the scale has to read the moment you die and go to heaven. If you're in heaven, guess what it had to read? Put it up. Had to read zero. You say, how's that possible? Chandler, come on up here, man. I liked using you the first time. I'll use it again. We'll end with this. How's it even possible? There's no way. My, my pinky toe weighs more than zero. Exactly. If you've ever told one lie, if you've ever had one moment that you regret, and I have millions of them, if you ever have one of those, it's too much. The Bible says if you're guilty in one point, you're guilty of all. You're like, man, this is not an encouraging message, and I'm tired. Exactly. Here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to release that because you know what this scale says? This scale says that you're not on it. <laughs> this scale says that someone else was on it who the weight of the world was on his shoulders. His name was Jesus. And when you're being picked up by Jesus, the scale weighs zero. I was going to pick you up and put you over my shoulder, but I decided not to. All right, you can have a seat. The scale weighs, Jesus is picking you up, so the scale weighs zero. Scales tend to lie when we aren't fully on them. And so I want, you, I want you to be honest with yourself. If you're here and you're trying to weigh, outweigh your bad with good, listen, you're lying about the scales. The fact is you could never in a thousand lifetimes be good enough to outweigh the, the, the bad that you've done. We, we're, we're, we're killing ourselves in, in, if, in our in our heart and in our mind and our soul if we think that that we can work our way listen it's not about that grace says this that the scale has already been settled for you and that all you have to do is get on the scale and be honest about where you're at and then all your life you are living a life focused on the fact that Jesus is the one carrying you and if he's the one carrying you it's really hard to be carrying something when someone's carrying you. Have you ever thought about that? That Jesus is the one that's holding you. And if he's holding you, then what you're holding belongs to him. You gotta give it to him. Listen, don't walk out of here with a burden that's weighing you down, that's making you tired, that, that, that's bringing you uh, all sorts of anxiety and that's, that, that, that's causing you a lack of sleep and causing you to, to, to go through life uh, all discouraged. Listen, lay that down at Jesus' feet because only God gets the whole picture. We just get a portion of the puzzle. And I'll end with this. Have you ever been doing a, a puzzle and you... You had a piece and it didn't, you didn't think it fit. You're like, there's no way. They put the wrong pieces in the puzzle. And you could be staring at that red piece right there in the middle of that puzzle and you'd be like, that one doesn't fit. There's no way that fits. But, but what you're doing is you're just looking at one piece of the puzzle. You might be able to uh, pan out a little bit and, and, and you, might, you might look a little bit further and, and you might see that and you go, oh, oh. Well, there's some rocks. But then when you look at the whole puzzle, wow, oh, oh, maybe that red piece is a reflection of the beauty in the sky. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's just a little piece of the beautiful puzzle. And you might look at one gray rock or one little wave and you might say everything is all for naught. But I will tell you that when you look at the whole puzzle, you will see that God is doing something bigger. And that's why uh, 
That's why Paul said to the Galatian church, he said, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap with you faint, if you faint not. He said, hey, don't judge your today based on your yesterday. Judge your today based on your tomorrow. Let God give you some hope. Let God give you uh, some strength for tomorrow. And next week, we're going to talk all about strength and rest. And we're going to talk about how that rhythm and that routine based on God's balance and prudence uh, gives us the hope and the strength to be empowered in spite of our weary journey. So here's the takeaway, and we're finished. Weariness, it's a reality of living in a broken world. But prudence seeks to renew strength through the power of rhythm and rest. God has rest for you. If you're not rested, it's not because he hasn't offered it. He is your rest. But that rhythm has to be in alignment with him. It can't, we can't be beating at the, at the beat of our own drum we, 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 we can't be in the driver's seat, right, and complain about the driving. We have to allow Jesus to take over and to provide the rhythm and to provide the balance that our life, our relationships, and our heart and mind need. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, Check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.